Hi, you're listening to The Wing Woman. Thanks for joining us. It is... What's it called? Good Monday? No. Easter Monday. A very sunny bank holiday day. You're looking blooming gorgeous oh. over this Google Hangout video chat. I think that's an exaggeration, but thank you very much. How the bloody hell are you? I'm actually great because... And the reason why you might be thinking I look more gorgeous than usual... You, you will remember, back in February, I had a haircut... How could you forget? How could anyone forget? I spoke about it so much. It was too short. It looked like a mushroom on my head. And I have spent two months with it tied back. Charlie, it's grown to the right length. I'm so fucking happy. But obviously, this is bittersweet because no one bar you and Ben can see it. You only over the World Wide Web. Obviously, Ben in person, lucky boy. He gets to look at my fabulous hair length all day. It's glorious. Isn't it? But the fucker of it is, by the time we all pop out again, it's going to be too long. It's good for Zoom, though. You need to set up some more Zoom things. Yeah, I do. I've been really dodging the uh, video phone call because I just can't work out a camera angle that does not make me look like a potato. You don't look like a potato. I, I look quite potatoey. But now that the hair's a good length, I might embrace it a bit more. Gorgy. I must admit, I took a pair of very small scissors just to a few ratty bits at the end of mine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no not with any idea of what I was doing. Because I last had my hair cut just before your wedding, so September. But I was thinking in February starting to look a bit ratty and then it was just really upsetting me last week so I just cut off some of the ratty bits willy-nilly how did that go well fine who knows who knows (laughs) no one can see the back (laughs) of your head dear (laughs) oh I've not attempted the back no 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 oh this was the face framing strands well yeah I think by the time we get out of lockdown I'll have some sort of Vidal Sassoon like scooping thing happening where it's really long at the back and then I've got sort of feathered layers around the front. Lovely. (laughs) How's your weekend been? Friday I really struggled with because it didn't feel like a bank holiday Friday. I had to do work in the morning and then I just found it really difficult to get myself into a different headspace and actually work is quite a good distraction but by the time I got to the afternoon I didn't have any work to do I just sort of slumped on the sofa and felt really sorry for myself because I realised I had four days of absolutely nothing to do and no one to see in real life obviously and I just felt a bit depressed about it but then on Saturday I went for a walk which I think helped and I had Mexican night so I've got a weekly Zoom dinner party and we do a different theme each week this was Mexican night and I made salmon tacos oh yum that's adventurous well I had some salmon in the freezer that I had been meaning to use up and I made my own guacamole which was delicious and had some margaritas a couple of margs be rude not to so that was really nice and yesterday Easter Sunday my lovely friend Aggie who lives not too far away walked her dog in my direction and dropped off hot cross buns and a chocolate Easter egg at my door that is adorable yeah and if I wasn't so dehydrated from the margaritas I probably would have cried (laughs) but I was very dehydrated (laughs) nothing left in there (laughs) How was your weekend? It was lovely. I've just about come down from the chocolate high of yesterday. Did you go big? I went huge. Me and Ben always get each other an Easter egg, but for some reason we've got two for each other this year. Well, one was ostensibly from my mum and dad, 
So then I sat in front of Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and ate my big Easter egg, which was a flake one. I haven't had a flake in years. So delicious. Really hard to eat neatly. My hoodie, obviously all I ever wear nowadays, was just covered in chocolate. But it kind of added to the excitement factor and the just carefree abandon of shoveling all this chocolate into my face whilst watching chocolate on the TV. Just loved it. I had such a nice time. And then obviously the sickness sort of sinks in about half an hour after you've finally decided to stop. What was your second egg? Oh, a limp bunny. Well, they're completely different genres. They're completely different shapes. I think it's allowed. It should be noted that you're talking about the, I don't know, 70s version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Gene Wilder. Ugh. It's gorgeous. It's the most gorgeous film. When Gene bites into that teacup. Yeah. (laughs) That crunchy sound. High point for me. (laughs) Actually, it's also, I mean, we all know this, but it's quite dark. Yeah. The Oompa Loompa's lessons are a bit bit scary but it was lovely it was a real escapist moment which i needed because yeah it's been a very strange easter weekend hasn't it this is something i wanted to talk about actually mechanisms for separating work days and weekend days because this is something i struggled with a lot this weekend but have struggled with the whole time is switching off because i'm used to having a commute in the morning and in the evening i'm used to having weekends feel completely different to weekdays And when you're just in the same space all the time and your desk is your dining table, I'm finding that really difficult to differentiate between the two. You've been freelance now for over a year. What are some of your hot tips? Well, like you, when I first went freelance, I found it really difficult and I just didn't switch off. So I felt like... I don't know, because you didn't have the physical parameters of an office, it's very easy for your working day to then leak into your free time. So initially, I didn't do it well at all. I'd leave my table, dining room table, aka my desk, but then I'd always have my phone with me. So even if I sat on the sofa, I'd be checking my inbox, which is crazy. No one's expecting you to reply to an email at nine o'clock you can wait for the next morning or even if I was cooking dinner I'd be looking at my emails so it's such a massive discipline and it is really hard especially when you live in a small space because there is only so many rooms you could go into and I do think physical distance is a massive thing in actually getting headspace from a working setup so then I started packing away my laptop not just shutting my laptop but actually putting it in a little tote bag that I have and sort of cleaning down the dining room table so then it looked like a dining room table again. And then that sort of transformed the front room back into my front room and not the place I'd been sitting for the last eight hours at my computer. Things like, I mean, this is redundant now, but at the time, going to a yoga class after work, getting myself out of the house or thinking, oh, I need to go and pop and get something for dinner. That's really helped. Obviously, no one can do that at the moment. So that's really difficult. I know a lot of people are using their hour exercise time and popping that at the end of the day so that come six, half six, whenever you finish work, you can go outside. And even just that act of leaving the house and then coming back in even if you're not doing it for the full hour that's very helpful if you can if you are in that position i do think it sorry as i speak to you i'm just going to pour a glass of vino verde from portugal 
Oh my God, I love a vino verde. It's lovely, isn't it? And look at this bottle, so elegant. Really elegant. Oh, you can stick a candle in that. It's <laughs> a bit of a craft. Maybe I'll paint it. Maybe you will. You've got time. It's Portuguese, obviously, and it's from the Azevedo Estate. Sure. Bright and light citrus colour with a complex aroma featuring notes of citrus and fresh tropical fruits. Isn't he gorgeous? He is a screw top, I'm afraid, and he's already open because I'm not finishing a bottle of wine in one sitting. I adore how every week you apologise for a screw top. I love a screw top. Aren't most bottles screw tops now, anyway? Also, this, I feel like I might have gotten that at Whole Foods or somewhere fancy, but... What I was saying is I do think it's quite difficult, though, because then it's so busy at the end of the day. Because if you try and walk around your park at the end of the day or go to the shop, jam-packed. Well, I haven't been out now (laughs) for... Oh, God. I actually haven't left the front gate for about two weeks exactly because of that. I went for an after-work walk in Clissold Park, which is the park local to the two of us, and it was rammed. It was absolutely rammed with people all doing the same thing you could you could stay two meters but you had to be quite vigilant to make sure you stayed two meters from all these people who were sort of coming at you so it didn't feel relaxing at all so then I just haven't but then see I've got a garden which changes everything because if I didn't then I would absolutely still be going out but I think the physical space helps the bit of fresh air helps but it's just it's discipline it's not looking at that inbox It's putting your phone somewhere where you can't see things flash up. I know it's so tempting to scroll on Instagram in the evenings and like, God, I do it all the time. But even if you just give yourself that half an hour, hour screen time break, go and cook dinner. Do not look at your phone. I think what I have found works when I have done it is taking a proper lunch break and actually cooking a meal. I haven't been going out every day, but I did once last week go out for a walk at lunchtime and I felt so much better afterwards. Just my head felt so much clearer. But also last week I experimented a bit with cooking in my lunch break and nothing elaborate, but that just does take a bit longer to prepare because before that I wasn't even taking a lunch break and I'd get to four o'clock and realise I hadn't eaten since having some yoghurt at breakfast. I was just losing my rhythm because then I'd eat and then I wouldn't be hungry for dinner and then at like 10pm I'd be really hungry and then I wouldn't sleep properly. I was kind of all over the shop. And I, I think all of this is so easy to do when you don't have that routine. You know, this is the amazing thing about a routine. On one hand, yes, it can be so bloody boring, but on the other hand, it keeps you... Um, I was about to say it keeps you regular. That sounds awful. But it keeps you in this pattern. And that's the lovely thing about having work colleagues is that at around one o'clock, there's murmurs. Shall we go out for lunch? Let's go make a cup of tea halfway through the afternoon. All of that is such a lovely, lovely pattern. And it sort of marks your day in this really nice ordered way. So then suddenly when you don't have any of that and you're left to your own devices, you're thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? I saw something on social media. Someone had just written, I miss Pratt so much that I'm tempted to just make a really bland sandwich and throw five pounds out the window. And it made me laugh. (laughs) That's hilarious. But it is missing the routine of that. Yeah, it is. There is something to be said for trying to work out what that routine is now and trying to enforce that. Things like trying to get up at the same time and then stopping for lunch at that time. It's trying to keep it a bit normal, isn't it? Oh, and if all else fails, pour yourself a glass of wine. Well, that is what I have been doing (laughs) to mark 6pm. 
before this, I didn't really drink during the week. I would if I was going to a work dinner or seeing friends. But recently, every night, I'm like, how do I let myself know that it is 6pm and not 9am? Because who can bloody tell the difference? I know, I'll open a bottle of wine. Otherwise, I don't know what day of the week it is. I've no idea what the time is. I'm losing my marbles. How did you make this bank holiday weekend feel weekendy? Because I really struggled with that. A, a lion, no alarm. A bigger breakfast, a weekend breakfast. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay, ceremonial breakfast. What did you have? Pancakes, took a leaf out of your book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dippy eggs. Oh, love a dippy egg. I don't know what the adult word is for that. <laughs> Soft boiled soldiers. eggs. <laughs> <Eggs and> soldiers. <laughs> That's not really adult, is it? I suppose they're really called soldiers for children. Probably. Put a pot of coffee on, have some orange juice. That felt much more like a weekend ritual, which was very nice. Watch a bit of TV in the morning, Saturday kitchen. That morning difference sets the day off to a different tone, I found. I did a bit of reading in bed on Saturday morning with my coffee. I got an espresso machine for Christmas and I think... Being able to make a coffee that kind of tastes like a coffee I would get out is helping me just develop a routine. Because I used to get coffee on the way into work. Gonna say, think how much money you've saved. You say this, but I haven't because I'm eating nine meals a day. (laughs) And also because I'm trying to support local businesses. So instead of just buying some normal wine, I'm like, yes, I should order from that small wine shop because I want to support their business, which is a very valid thought and important. But obviously it's twice as much money as just buying your wine from Tesco. So speaking of finding our incredibly privileged lives dreary. (laughs) Yeah. Celebrity culture is burning. Amazing piece by Amanda Hess in the New York Times. So good. So good. Okay, so we have... Ellen DeGeneres comparing her $27 million home in Montecito to being in jail. Mm-hmm. We have Gal Gadot, that Imagine video. Is that how you say it? Gadot. Well, like the pleb that I am, I've been saying Gadot. Gal Gadot. <laughs> and my personal favourite, Madonna. Mm. Her typewriter going, drinking that lemon tea and then going... Is there anything like it? And then missing her audience. Yeah, she can't perform. Poor Poppet. What is wrong with people? What are your thoughts, Franula? Talk me through. So I've definitely been feeling this as I've looked on Instagram. I do follow celebrities and normally they play a escapism role there's also something quite voyeuristic about looking at the lives of the rich and fabulous that i really enjoy i mean we all enjoy it this is why cribs is invented and all of those behind the scenes celebrity reality tv shows and all of that but during this time it has definitely for me started to feel a bit bad taste and apparently to a lot of other people Namely, Amanda Hess, who wrote this brilliant piece. So she pointed out all of these celebs are coming out of the woodwork and doing their guys stay at home videos on Instagram. From their compounds. Well, this is the thing. So the eye gets drawn to the environments that these celebrities are in. And suddenly it becomes very, very apparent that they are in houses, gardens, walk-in wardrobes, 
in front of crackling fireplaces and they are in very, very different setups to the vast majority of other people. It doesn't sit right with me. I'm saying that as someone who lives in a very nice one bedroom flat in London. I can only imagine what it's like for someone who... I mean, the amount of people in temporary accommodation, the amount of homeless people, women who are under constant threat of domestic violence, who are suddenly in lockdown. The odd thing, which actually Amanda talks about in this piece, is that they think they're just like us. And I think that's the funny thing, because we're feeling much more the differences between us and celebrities. We're lucky if we have some outside space. We're lucky if we have more rooms in our house than people, actually. And a lot of people aren't even able to get into a different room to the family members because there aren't enough rooms in their in their house if they happen to be lucky enough to have a house and people are losing their jobs and people are worrying about defaulting on mortgages and and etc etc obviously we feel completely different to these celebrities who aren't worrying about any of those things who have these huge houses or they've relocated to second homes but they feel like they're just like us and that we're all in this together and that this is the democratic illness because it doesn't matter who you are or how much money you have or where you're from anyone can get it which is true but (laughs) equally if anyone gets it the level of care that you receive whether or not you can get tested whether or not you'll recover is all very much dependent on your circumstances. Massively. I don't know if you watched the Newsnight episode where Emily Maitlis was talking about the use of language around this virus. And one of the phrases she picked up on was that everyone's saying, oh, this is the great equaliser. And of course it's not. Yes, anyone can get it, as you said. But you're in a far better position if you're financially stable than you are if you live in poverty. This is not the great equaliser at all. I mean, there's been quite a few pieces about this sort of celebrity culture being thrown into utter um, question. There was a piece in Vanity Fair by Richard Lawson called There is No Good Celebrity Content Right Now. And... He points out that social media over however many years it's been going, 10, 15, has broken down the wall between us and the celebrity before they were these sort of mystical creatures that existed. And okay, you might have got a paparazzi shot now and again of them taking the rubbish out or going to get a coffee, maybe a glimpse that they might be, you know, real humans. But obviously social media has brought them so much closer. So then we have perhaps fallen into this frame of mind that okay oh actually you know the distance between us is not so great but then this comes along and suddenly the financial disparity in some cases the class disparity has been highlighted so epically that okay they might be saying all of this together Gal Gadot sorry, Gal Gadot, says at the beginning of the Imagine music video, which I'm sure everybody's seen, we're all in this together. And you think, but we're not, because you're probably going to be completely fine. And your film, your Hollywood blockbuster may have been delayed a few months, but it will come out and you will be paid your millions and life will go back to normal for you in the vast majority of cases. But for a hell of a lot of other people, life is not going to go back to normal. People don't know what their life is going to be like after this. I get the sentiment that 
we're trying to pull together but at the same time some of it feels a bit tone deaf i think it's being aware of your privilege which seems to be incredibly lacking there which is actually something you wrote about in our newsletter this week realizing your privilege but not being quite sure how to deal with it so there's this phrase going around called smugsolation which most of my instagram feed i'd say has been doing it i have to say i've not realizingly taken part in it okay so what are some example instagram pictures that would be smug salation well so it might be that someone has retreated to their country pile and taking pictures of either a beautiful interior or a capacious exterior. exterior forest walks forest walks access to rural landscapes with no one else around so like lucky you you can go and have a lovely hour-long walk or bike ride thrilled for you or it might be just a video from someone's bathroom and it's this glorious marble situation with a standalone bath and double sinks and all this fabulous feast that they've laid on the table with perfectly mismatched crockery and co-isolating family members and the other week i put a picture up i was clearly in my garden and i had a solero you tosser (laughs) what a dickhead and i put it up because i was so thrilled with myself and the situation and then I just thought actually that's quite insensitive isn't it because a lot of people don't have a garden and an outside space <laughs> a lot of people might not have access to a solero <laughs> so then who am I to rub it in everyone's faces and I think this is the quandary that I'm finding myself in is that I am finding these Instagram pictures not actually very motivating or inspiring I'm finding them a bit <clears throat> I don't know if anyone would begrudge you a Solero, pal. Well, but you don't know, do you? I mean, in this day and age, you have to rethink what luxuries are. And I'm aware that I'm incredibly privileged that I can spend money on an ice cream, which isn't an essential food item. And I can sit on a deck chair outside in my own garden where I don't have risk of someone I don't know coming within an unsafe distance to me. So I'm sort of struggling a bit with that. And once trying to make this situation as lovely as possible and indulging in the luxuries that are available to me but then also feeling incredibly guilty about that because I know just so so many people cannot make this into a good situation they there is not light for them they're key workers and they are having to go to work every single day and risk their life and seeing all sorts of sites that nobody should see they are people who are in unsafe home situations they are people who do not have money to make niceties to know that they are going to come out of this unscathed but if you know you're lucky to have a solero who are you hurting by having a solero no well and then this is the thing you know this is the sort of conclusion i've in a roundabout way got to you can't begrudge people for what they have you are dealt the cards you're given in life and you make the best out of them What you can do is support where you can, help where you can, donate where you can, stay the hell inside. And if what's going to help you stay inside is hashtag find silver linings, got more time for my afternoon bath in my roll top, then actually fine. Sidebar on essentials. Did you hear about the woman in Edinburgh who was fined by police for only buying alcohol and crisps? (laughs) What the fuck? Big Brother is watching us. If that is the diet she lives on, it's not a balanced diet. But it's her choice. It's her choice. 
Who says those aren't essentials? Who are we to judge? Well, and in these times of stress, everyone's been comfort eating. And if a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and some kettle chips is your thing, hell. Where do we draw the line? What are we allowed? Like butter, but not cheese. Is jam, jam's probably non-essential and peanut butter. Feels non-essential, doesn't it? Well, also there are degrees of smug sedation did you read about that influencer arielle sharnas <gasps> yes god i've been enthralled by this i did a real deep dive into a twitter thread i'd never heard of her but she's quite a well-known influencer in america and she documented getting a drive-by covid test obviously lots of people haven't been able to get tested uh, in america then she said she had it and then she relocated her family to the Hamptons to a house that she rented in the Hamptons for the occasion and basically was having a lovely time in the Hamptons and New York is the American centre God, I mean, it just sounds dire there at the moment So to leave there and take your illness she was still within her quarantine period to take your illness to an area that has less facilities less hospitals less doctors but also people who maybe hadn't been exposed until you arrived it's crazy well and also i know the hamptons is a popular tourist place but to put extra strain on an infrastructure that maybe is not as robust or set up to be catering for these amounts of people, I think is maybe not the wisest idea. I mean, this is why Cornwall basically turned around and said, everyone, you've got to stop coming because our little towns and villages, they can't cater for all of these people. And also there's only so many hospitals around and medical professionals around in the area. So we kind of need to spread the people out a little bit your parents are in devon have they seen any of that yeah massively so they live in a very very picturesque village where many people have second homes and actually you know i said to mum, oh god has everyone come down to their second home and she was like oh I, I don't think there's been so much of that but there has been a few people wanting to rent places down there so they've actually put up big signs not my parents personally <laughs> the village <laughs> grand just waving a placard (laughs) (laughs) he's not so fast but yeah there are signs that say visitors aren't welcome and i imagine that's probably the same in quite a lot of little towns the actual village that mum and dad are in have just the essentials two pubs no shops fortunately there's another village within 10 minutes walking distance which has got a very little co-op a post office a butcher so that little setup services that area which obviously experiences a peak in the summer but you know when the peak's coming so you can cater to that when you unexpectedly have a peak then that does get a bit difficult full disclosure me and ben were before lockdown we were gonna go down because the thought of being trapped there felt far nicer than being trapped here ben got sick so we couldn't and then lockdown happens so obviously we can't on reflection i'm glad we haven't i think we've got to all do our part a little bit and just be responsible and that is hard it's really hard being in a big city oh here i go get my tiny violin out i have seen a lot of people get pulled up for this on social media it's hard isn't it because there are reasons for doing this and i'm isolating alone which is not awful but it is lonely and if my parents I mean, they live just in northwest London. They've got a courtyard garden and they've got a second bedroom. But if one of them got ill, they'd need that second bedroom 
to split up and both of them are slightly immunosuppressed because both of them had cancer last year so obviously I wouldn't want to put them at risk but if they had an enormous house in the countryside with a huge garden and a dog I as a person who has now spent three weeks just by myself talking to myself and the plants or not speaking at all for 48 hours at a time maybe that would have been better for my mental health. I know it's not good, the strain it puts on different communities, as you say, but I do think you have to consider mental health as well. And obviously it can be really isolating to be isolated. It's such a balance. And I think the thing is, is in all of this, no one knows how to be. It's really hard to always think about the bigger picture. Well, basically it's asking us all not to be selfish. And it's really difficult not to be selfish, actually. That's just human nature, isn't it? To worry about you and yours before you worry about other people. And of course, this virus is basically making selfishness really bloody dangerous. So, Popetto, what are your recommendations for this week? I've got a lol thing before that. Oh, right, okay. I saw this thing on the World Wide Web, and you have to pick which quarantine care package you are, okay? Yeah. So, you have three options. Are you, one, a vodka soda some Aesop hand cream and FaceTime with Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, okay. It started off weak for me. Vodka soda? Who wants a skinny bitch in lockdown? But then you ended strong. Continue. Option two, tequila soda. Sorry, is this sponsored by soda? (laughs) (laughs) A foster kitten and FaceTime with Joe Exotic. Oh, no. Think of the questions you could ask. Yeah, but we shouldn't really glamorise Joe Exotic because he did try and have someone killed. Allegedly. Allegedly. Or Care Package 3, glass of champagne, some chicken nuggets and FaceTime with Cardi B. No, there's going to have to be a fourth. Champagne, chicken nuggets and Cardi B, 100%. And I'm pescatarian, but fuck it, I'll have a chicken nugget. No. Okay. surely the fourth one is French 75... Oh, yum. I mean, I would say hot cross buns this weekend because that was the thing. And Hugh Fernie Whittingstall (laughs) talking you through his new twitching habits. Did you see he had a show on over the weekend? It's it's like Hugh's Wild West or something. And he goes bird watching. Or Monty Don, actually. It could have a bit of Monty Don. Monty Don. I'm a massive Gardeners World fan. More so, maybe, since this has happened. But apparently everybody else is as well. The Royal Horticultural... Oh, here we go again. Horticultural Society (laughs) has had an increase in requests from at-home veg growers. It's quite nice, isn't it? I'd also like to invite Nigella... And Nigel Slater, actually, to this virtual dinner party that I'm planning. Okay. Oh, so you've turned your care package into an entire dinner party? Yeah. I I mean, what's Cardi B going to say to help me? If anything, she's just going to raise my hysteria level. I don't (laughs) think she's coping well, if I'm honest. She might be reading fake news. I'm not sure. What would you and Cardi talk about? I don't know. I'd just get her to sing and I'd dance. Okay. Yeah. Jolly. What are your recommendations? Right. My recommendations are on the Gardener's World theme for anybody wanting to grow some veggies in a garden, in a flower box, in a tub, in your kitchen. The Veg Growers Almanac by Martin Cox. It's um, 
I haven't read it. Ben? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was listening there. I was like, I wonder where you're going with this. Give me a quick debrief on this book. So basically it's a, a monthly view of what you should plant when. Lots of little tips in there. It's lovely. Any pictures? Uh, no. A few drawings. And easy to follow. Oh, very, very. What should we be planting in April? <sighs> Bear with cooler. Broad beans. Oh, yeah, we planted some broad beans. Uh, beetroots. Yeah. Aubergines. Aubergines. We haven't done aubergines. We've done squash. Yeah. Uh, asparagus. Lo oh, asparagus. Yeah. Mm. Lovely. I love the way it grows. It's so silly, isn't it? Like someone's just plonked an asparagus in the soil. Potatoes main crop. Great. Pumpkins and winter squash. Do you want me to read the book? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. That was plentiful. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. In terms of watching, yesterday, Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile was on. And I adore Agatha Christie at all times. I love that there's always an all-star cast. I love the costumes. I love the settings. Obviously, this was on the, the, a very glamorous boat. But often there's a, some sort of very zhuzhy train or a manor house, people have been killed. She's trying to solve, or he, he's trying to solve a murder. It feels, everything gets tied up neatly. I think it was on an ITV channel, so it will be on ITV Player. There's lots of Agatha Christie's on ITV Player. And there's also a couple of Agatha Christie bits on Netflix, if you want to enjoy that. I would thoroughly recommend it. Heaven. What are yours? Well, as I mentioned in the newsletter, I binge-watched three series of the Durrells. Yeah, so I've never watched that, Netflix. but I'm going to I'm going to watch that off your recommendation. It's set in the 1930s. Keely Hawes is in the lead role. It's a British family who relocate to Corfu and it's so idyllic to look at. They go and live in this gorgeous house that's semi-falling to pieces but in a beautiful rustic way and the sea is so blue and I mean it's just gorgeous and they're harvesting olives and it's lovely and it's it's got an element of nostalgia as well because it's set in the 1930s, so it's kind of like watching a Poirot or a Marple, really. Yeah, it feels comforting, doesn't it? I would also recommend a recipe, not for you, Freno, because you're a pescatarian, but I made Korean fried chicken. So I went to the launch last summer of a book called Our Korean Kitchen, which is by a married couple. The guy is an Irish chef called Jordan Bork, and his wife is the Korean-born, London-based fashion designer, Regina Pio. The launch was held at Alex Eagle's loft in Soho, which is fabulous. And they catered the event with recipes from the book. So ever since, I've really wanted to make the Korean fried chicken. And it was fantastic. I streamed tears because I made it really hot. I had to pause to blow my nose a couple of times. But oh my God, was it delicious. So the book is called Our Korean Kitchen. If you can't get hold of that, she's actually put the recipe for these chicken wings, deep fried sweet and spicy chicken wings is what they're called in long, on her website. So at reginapo.com, you can find a bunch of recipes actually. And this one is really good. Thank you all so much for listening. Please do subscribe and give us a rating. And if you know someone who is going to like this podcast, please send it to them. Spread the love. Why not? You can also find us in written form at thewingwoman.co.uk. We have a free weekly newsletter that comes out every Sunday morning. 
And you can follow us on Instagram, if you do so wish, at Frankie Gradin. At Charlie Gowans. And collectively at the Wingwoman underscore. And we'll see you next week. Bye.